welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. And uh, this week, as you guys know, uh, Goldberg is in the UK, so he won't be here. He's uh, doing a signing event and a little vacation with uh, with his wife, Wanda, to, I think it's 18th wedding anniversary. I don't recall it, whatever. So if you see him on his social media, he's, I don't know, he's at a castle or something, someplace with a castle. <laughs> Typical. Um but I wanted to invite our friend uh, John Uris from Hellion Turbo onto the show. I think it's been a little while uh, that you've been on, but we've been talking quite a bit about what you guys are doing, mostly around the Mustang Mach 1 that we worked on for SEMA show, uh, which has your kit on it. But uh, we'll get into that in a second. But, you know, John, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, having me on. Uh so Hellion Turbo, this has uh, been around for a long time. Let's 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 back up a little bit. Um, uh, where did where did the company come from? You were racing first, right? And then correct. Yeah, no, I I mean I think I was uh, like a lot of um, enthusiasts. I basically started from uh, uh, love for cars, and you know we were gonna my dad and I were gonna rebuild some muscle cars, and then I bought a Mustang, an '88 Mustang, and it got hooked in uh, modifications of on in that, that took me all the way into a, uh, uh, basically a professional drag racing career, um, racing heads up, uh, small tire, um, uh, uh, Mustang racing following the NMRA yeah. series. And, uh, we won nine championships racing that platform and, um, you know, taking that and, and that excitement. But I, uh, I was, uh, at a race and, uh, Daryl Bassani from Bassani exhaust came up and he said, you know, this is, you, you need to be making these for, you know, for everybody. I mean, you know, not just for your race car. And I said, you know, I, I get a lot of phone calls. And so, uh, started making custom one-off kits and now it's led to, uh, you know, a production situation where you can actually buy a bolt on turbo kit. It's been a challenge in the, uh, the history of, of this type of system. It's been hard to find something like that. Um, there's what, been, you know, what year did you start racing? What years were you racing Mustangs and winning championships? Uh, I won my first championship in 2003 and that championship run ran into the mid, uh, teens. Uh, we actually won seven in a row at one point, um, with different combinations, different rule changes, you know, following a, a, a crazy year in a year out. I basically raced for a better part of 20 years. Every single year we ran a full schedule. Uh, it's very hard to do. There's not many people that have said that they can do it, but we, uh, uh, is it's, you know, the bug got me early. So we started yeah. racing and, um, as, as all of us, we, you know, there's no end to it. We gotta, it's always something to modify and always a way to have fun. <laughs> you know, in the, in the nineties, when I, when I was getting into, you know, the Fox body Mustangs, probably early nineties, uh, 91, 92, I was getting into it. And there were a couple of early drag racers back in the day, names, you know, like storm and Norman, we're running cars and then you know we'd read about them in 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 the magazines you know because it wasn't really there was no internet right it was just whatever right. whatever camposano or 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 uh evan uh was uh was writing about i'm like oh man you know you see these cars radical huge cow induction hoods and giant tires you're like that car just ran tens. That's so fast. And like, now we could go to the showroom floor, buy a car that runs, runs tens, but uh, it, it's amazing how it's progressed. Like uh, when you started out, how fast were you guys going? And then 
I guess, how fast did you end up after nine championships? Oh, I'll, I'll never forget the, 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 the GT that we bought, uh, the very first Mustang I had, it went 1580 at altitude here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it was fast at the time. And now that's like, I mean, it seems like ancient history, but we worked our way down from running 15s. Um, the, the car that I raced last year that we built it, which is a S550 Mustang. Uh, and we were going so fast. I've raced long enough that we've gone so fast that we had to go to eighth mile and we're now going a speed in eighth mile that we used to go in the quarter. And so we went 415 and 177 in the eighth, which is a mid six in the quarter in a full bodied Mustang, you know? And so we basically, we've have worked our, whittled our way down to these times. Um, and a lot of, and it's just the technology, like anything, uh, as the technology comes, the speeds, um, go up, the horsepower numbers go up. Uh, the ease of making this type of power, um, uh, you know, kind of shows itself. And, uh, if you want to stay in your game, you just got to keep working at it, you know, kind of whittle away at, uh, whatever's left as fast as we can go. What are you, are you actively racing now? Are you racing for fun or are you racing for a championship? Uh, this we've taken about a year off. Um, we've taken a year off this year to concentrate on, uh, all these exciting turbo projects that we have going on. Uh, as you know, with the, you know, uh, the, all the SEMA excitement we're, you know, yeah. you've been getting ready for this year's next SEMA show. Um, the, the, the automakers have made the, you know, to this point, these are the fastest, most exciting cars ever. And that's no different with the power adders and the, um, you know, accessories that we can put on here. So we're working with, uh, all of these new cars to make these exciting, uh, you know, doubling, sometimes tripling this factory horsepower, uh, from something you can buy off the showroom floor. So, uh, we're having fun doing that. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into it a little bit. So, um, Hellion Turbo is, uh, is, is the company now it's been around for, for a while, um, developing turbo kits for American muscle for, for the most part right now, handful of uh, Chevrolet Camaros, Mustangs, F-150s, and then in the Dodge, uh, range, we just call it Dodge, but we really mean kind of Stellantis, I guess, uh, getting into getting into the truck market, getting into the, of course, their muscle cars and stuff as well. Uh, the newest stuff for you guys is, is what the Ram TRX? We're, yeah, we, we just released the TRX twin turbo kit. And what makes that exciting is it's compounded. So that, that vehicle comes with a factory supercharger and we're the ones who basically have, um, I'm not going to say pioneered, but as far as a production unit and understanding how it works and being able to, you know, apply it to these vehicles. I mean, in 2007, we were compounding Shelby GT500. So when the Hellcat came out, we compounded that. So we have both turbos and we blow into the blower. And so you basically have two different power adders you know, working on the engine and a compound setup works really well. And it's an easily, it's easily bolted on. And you're basically making the supercharger's life easier. The air that it takes in and compresses, the turbos are just, you know, doing it for it earlier. So we'll make like a, like a bolt-on kit. You'll buy a brand new TRX, a bolt-on kit. We'll put two turbos on. The turbos will feed like three or four PSI yeah. in the front of the blower in our first stage. The second stage, it'll make, you know, 15, 15 to 18 pounds. 
but the horsepower gains are so much larger because we're not spinning the blower harder. We're not changing anything dynamically. It tunes really clean and it just drives like a dream. So you're sitting there in a parking lot. It's just like it was. You put your foot in it and this thing lights up. Um, and yeah, you know, you got, it's a big vehicle. So making more power definitely doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt it. Um, so we've made, I mean, we, uh, there's a, f a friend of ours, Weston Champlin, we did a system for, uh, his dyno over 900 horsepower, uh, and he drives it every single day, uh, with these, you know, this, this great, you yeah. know, this truck you buy, but what's really exciting also, that's something for the, that's not really spoken about. We always talk about power numbers, the fuel efficiency, because we're using turbos, especially on the TRX and a lot of the Hemi platforms, we really see a huge gain in gas mileage. So some of these trucks will get, I mean, they're not known for their mileage, but the turbo, we'll <laughs> see an increase between three and five miles a gallon just because we're doing it a better way and more efficiently. It's it's actually kind of interesting. So the, the turbos, which are free horsepower, right? Running off of the exhaust, uh, blowing into the supercharger, taking some load off the supercharger. So I guess less of the engine and the belt spinning the supercharger because you're taking some of that load off, which as you're saying, could make it more fuel efficient, just make it more efficient in general. What are your thoughts on the, the longevity of the supercharger? I know it's a, it's a pretty well-built piece, but sure. Maybe not a piece that was designed to get pressure from the front end, right? It's meant to build pressure and spit it out the back end into the motor. Like, you know, like, is there, is there additional stress on the supercharger or at what point would there be too much stress on the supercharger on, does it change, you know, bearings and, and just how that supercharger is built? Cause it's not meant to be pressurized from the, from the front side. Right. Sure. It's, that's a great, <clears throat> that's a great question. The, 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 the superchargers are so robust. I mean, they're meant to handle a lot of, of load, stress, heat. Um, we're really not disturbing it too much because you figure on the, you know, the, the boost that we're putting in on the front side, that the actual pressure is fairly low, still the actions all on the other side. So in theory, I mean, we're actually, you know, we're, we're creating, we're making it easier for, you know, our horsepower numbers show it and our efficiency numbers show it. We actually make it easier to spin and take load away from the supercharger by uh, boosting it with the turbos. Yeah. Um, there's, I'm sure, you know, another question we hear, it's a great, another great question is what about deleting the supercharger and going right. twin turbo only? And really it's a mechanical, it's a mechanical and cost decision on the, you know, the budget for the build. So in a perfect world, yes, turbos alone are going to make more power. Uh, the, the entire package will be a better overall package um, because we're now all that load that it's taking to turn the blower, we're going to take that away. Um, there's a few options to do that. There's intake manifolds um, that we offer that have the intercooler so you can reconnect the hoses and lines from the intercooler section. Um, another option is to remove the rotors from the supercharger and actually block it off, but keeping the intercooled section. So that it'll, it'll be a supercharger on top of the engine without the belt. On the yeah, side. without the belt. Um, and in the turbos will what can uh, you know blow straight into the engine and make probably you know we, we typically see another hundred horse because of those losses now we're, we're able to do all these things we've experimented with all of them and at the end of the day it just comes up to personal preference and that's what's that's right. what's gorgeous about all this stuff is that uh you can have them both so if you can do you go compounded 
you've got your supercharger wine. Let's say, you know, guys are like, well, I really like my supercharger wine and the, the noises mm -hmm. and, the, and the driving experience that that brings. We keep that and we add the sound of turbos in the exhaust. Right. And I'm here to tell you, if you've been around for a 900 horse pull uh, with two turbos and supercharger going wailing away, uh, it's something else. And that is, you know, we can offer that as well. And that's what, you know, we're kind of looking for, you know, looking for that feel along with the power. There's a, there's a video floating around social media of the black TRX that like, I don't know, stops off kind of on the side of the road off of a freeway and, and launches it. And the front end comes off the ground on that TRX, uh, you know, and it looks crazy because the truck's huge and it's heavy and it's making massive right. power and i don't know who who built it or whatever now the second half of that video that's missing in most of the of of the clips is when he hits a pole because he can't see it and the front end's lifted up <laughs> <laughs> so uh it kind of made me think of that for a second um all right so the the trx the the turbo kit that you guys made you're right. So whether it's going into the supercharger or going into some custom intake manifold or 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 whatever, that that doesn't really change what you guys are doing all that much, right? Because the supercharger kit or the turbo kit is designed and it fits, uh, and it just runs an inlet tube up to what would be the upper intake manifold. In this case, it's the supercharger. So if somebody called and said, "Hey, you know," I don't want to fuss with the motor. Let's put the turbo on there and just run it with the supercharger. Compound boost is the way to go. If they said, you know, another option is like you said, pull the rotors out, cap it off, do something and use that as the upper intake manifold, you know, less expensive than doing something like a billet manifold or something fabricated, but a little bit more expensive than just leaving the supercharger untouched. Uh, and then I guess the third stage would be, you know, some sort of custom upper manifold cap, I guess you can call it, that goes on top of the intercooler, uh, which could be a pricey piece or it has to be fabricated or something. Do you guys make those if if somebody wanted that? Uh, yeah, no, we offer all different uh, all different options. There's an intake manifold as a company. Uh, Demon Performance makes a billet intake uh, yeah. manifold with cores. Really nice piece. Um, and that's... What's what makes this easy is that any of those options are going to be like like anybody would smile ear to ear <laughs> going for a ride in any of these options. And when the fact that we get to pick through them is great. Um, we have a lot of guys, some guys, you know, they like the journey of my, you know, I'll call it the modification journey. Some people don't. Some people do. Um, you can start with a simplistic setup where we're compound, dyno it, drive it, have a great time. And then stage two, let's put. Let's do something with the rotors. Let's put an intake. Let's turn up the boost. Um, uh, E85 conversion, just a whole host of things. Yeah. Um, and in the kit, will work with each one. The other thing we do is we send a, a boost controller. We send an eBoost 2 Turbo Smart Boost Controller with every kit. And the boost controller gives you full control of all these things we're talking about. So let's say you want to turn the boost down. Like, you know, the, tr the way the truck is stock, you just want it to have nothing. Yeah, we can turn it all the way to zero, drive it around. We call it valet mode, you know. So you're giving the keys to somebody maybe you don't trust. I don't yeah, know. Right? You can it's turn still this thing down. Horsepower, but sure, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, or on the fly, you you reach over and basically a few touches of a button, and you can double, triple the horsepower, and that is what 
that's what this brings as far as adjustability that other combinations can't do. Um, you know, supercharger boost changes in tail belts, pulleys, and you know, they need they need some you know accessories to change that. And it's not on the fly, like it is what it is. This thing basically we set it wherever you want. Let's say you want it to come in faster. You could want more of a rush of power uh, early. We can change the speed at which it boosts. If you want it to be later, let's say this thing sp spins the tires and it's too much, no big deal. We can change the boost to come in later to when it's moving and problem solved. And these are all settings you can save where you can on the fly, just change it. It's yeah. great. Like it's yeah, the greatest yeah. thing ever, you know, uh, we, we just love, it's, it's an endless amount of, uh, um, you know, modification and different things that you can play with once it's installed. How much, how much could that Ram TRX engine take before you start, you got to start getting into that motor? I'm sure you've worked on it. I know uh, Goldberg and we've spoken many times with the guys from gearhead performance in Florida. I know you work with them as well. Yeah. They, they've got to have a lot of experience on, on pushing those things to the limits. I think on Goldberg's twin turbo uh, charger, um, you know, they pushed that thing to the limit and then they, blew up the engine and they redid it again. They're like, now we, now we know where the limit is. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, no. And, and I think the, the way to approach this, um, you know, every combination can have its limits. We've made, you know, a thousand, 1100, even 1200 in some of the, in some of the Hellcats on stock engine. And some of that is due to turbos making more power at lower boost. So typically if you see somebody with like a max effort, supercharged and nitrous fed hellcat demon uh, platform that's a lot of load that's a lot going on um yeah. it's really hard on the engine if you take those away and go strictly twin turbo we can make that same power at probably five six seven pounds less boost mm -hmm. and it's just less strain i mean the engine's just not going through it so we're able to see those higher uh dyno numbers um and you don't have to start there and then you get into that realm, you know, you're expecting, okay, we're, we're in this, this no man's land that probably we should probably do an engine upgrade past this point. So rods, pistons, valve springs, you know, all the little stuff. It doesn't, you don't need something super expensive. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, I want to make sure I want the beautiful thing about turbos is that they, they make so much power so easily. Um, they typically don't need a full tilt boogie build which sometimes uh, can turn people off to going that route because they're like, ah, I don't know what I have to do all that stuff. Cause in the past superchargers or if it was nitrous fed needed everything. And that's yeah. me yeah. speaking from experience. They're very sensitive with a turbo. We get a little bit more cushion so we can kind of just, as long as it's strong uh, and we can put some boost to it. Um, it's going to make some, it's going to make some power. So a, a lot of the kits that you are developing now, um, you're calling them sleeper kits and it's cool. It's a great way to sort of hide the turbos, uh, mount them down low, get them out of the engine compartment. Um, I, I see lots of benefits to it. Uh, maybe less heat in the engine compartment, um, mounting them down low right off of the exhaust manifold gets a lot more heat into the turbo shorter distance. No spool up quicker, but where did this come from? Was the idea going, hey, can we hide the turbos? Or was it, we have to deal with emissions? <laughs> sure. Well, I, I can tell you this. We we have 
um, plenty of uh, top mount systems that we build that plumb back in and keep uh, factory catalytic converters and um, can uh, keep with that emissions friendly uh, design that we want to do. Yeah. A lot of our design comes from space. Right. And the the actual mechanical engineering of the car, we've gotten lucky that cars have gotten larger, so we've had more room to put in larger turbos and more extravagant systems to make more power. Um, my first turbo system was the '87 Mustang uh, Fox Body system. Yeah, and if you pop the hood on a Fox Body, there's not much room there no, to no, do no, anything. No. And so we built this little tiny single kit, and it was great. It really made some good power. It'd take a stock Mustang like 400 horsepower. Um, nice you know blast to drive but as far as getting you know into these big extravagant horsepower numbers we're talking about the kit was was did not fit very well because there was just no space so sometimes when we go down low with the turbos we're going into an area of the car where there's more room there's heat protection from the factory um there's emissions benefits it's also where the factory mounts turbos like you know you look at an eco boost uh yeah. from ford and you know the millions of dollars spent on that type of of uh set up uh they're there for a reason so we've uh mimicked you know the the uh, path that they've uh laid for us except we get to do it on a bigger engine and make and bigger turbos so, right yeah <laughs> i'm sure the ford engineers look at some of the things we do and i'm sure they're super excited to see uh, us taking the uh, torch and running with it on, on your fox body turbos back in the day you would mount a single turbo in the engine compartment Right. So it would Correct. kind of, I don't know, is it passenger or, or driver side? Passenger front, the passenger, passenger front, front area. So where most of your superchargers would go, right? Where, where your Vortec or Paxton back in the day would mount sort of in that area. Sure. There probably wasn't much room to do it down low like you're doing on these cars now. I mean, I guess, you know, small turbo, maybe some packaging, maybe twin turbo, you could probably come up with a, you know, shorty header, twin turbo. I don't know. I don't know if there's even enough room in, in it's, the box. It, there's to just, get it to... there's no room under there. It's, it's one of those things where, uh, uh, we, when, when we're in R and D, um, we, we talk a lot about how much time we spend to build these and engineer yeah. these. Um, it's, it, it is so, it's kind of like a rock band, you know, let's say Metallica, right? So they have, <laughs> they, they get longer and longer between their records because they have yeah. higher and higher standards for the music yeah right. and we're, we're the same way with the turbo kits it's like well you know you've had this great we've had this great run of these systems here's this new car it makes more power than before well the kit needs to deliver the same way so we look at all of those aspects in design and then we test it and we test it again and again and again we have missions tested we r d it we drive it across the country we make sure that all of it meets our recommend our you know, requirements for us to want to uh, send these things out. And then once it's there, we release it. So sometimes we get caught up, but a lot of that is looking at space, looking at heat. Um, all of that is taken into consideration. We're very, very thorough because it's, uh, it's all we do. Um, some shops uh, there's, you know, there's custom shops that may do multiple things. They'll build a turbo kit or uh, they can do a engine. We, we have decided we are only going to build R&D and customer service base turbo kits. So if you see it, I guarantee you that there's some sleepless nights trying to decide uh, yeah. how to make it perfect, right? So now we have we have emissions testing where this 
this is a long process. This is an expensive process. And I would say for a long time, kind of out of reach for many small companies, um, probably still the case. Uh, but now you don't have much of a choice. And maybe there's resources like SEMA, SEMA Garage that can help uh, make things easier. What what have you guys done? Like what what's the, I guess the story on, on getting into emissions testing, you, you know, you had to do it. That, that part of the story we get, but walk us through some of the obstacles of a small company having to get into this. Where do you guys start? Like, sure. Well, we've always known, you know, the, the actual testing, the process, it used to be much more expensive than it is now. Yeah. Um, it really wasn't available period. Like, I mean, unless you were an OE or, you know, a higher volume uh, seller and then, you know, we're going back because as long as I've done this 20, 25 years, um, that type of testing was reserved for OE situations and everything we do is racing. And now SEMA Garage has a uh, emissions program and that's who we've been working. That's who we've worked with through all of our testing um, guidance, where to start. And the key is probably not spending money where you, where you don't need, uh, you know, we're all f- running feverish, uh, trying to just do what we do. Yeah. Um, and we don't, we can't have any waste. We can't have any missed time. Uh, companies that have been around longer uh, have a little bit of a head start f- for some, but we jumped right on and took it very seriously and took a, uh, I took a uh, racing approach to it. You know, when we're racing at it, you know, we've, we've been in situations where at two in the morning, we've had to, uh, engineer some crazy contraption to make them the next round and and we've won doing it like that type of energy yeah, right uh and that's what i put towards uh the emissions testings because we always knew they were clean turbos are clean in nature because they just don't load the engine it's i mean it's it's a match made in heaven actually i mean, that's why the powerful imported and lo- and uh, American cars are turbocharged. I mean, it's just like, you know, the EcoBoost and all this, the, the efficiency is there. We just get to play with a bigger platform. So, yeah, right. um, you know, like I said before, we we mimic that and we worked on it. And then during the testing and our certification, the, uh, or the certification process for the, you know, tailpipe emissions, uh, we saw those results and how clean it actually was. And there's points in our test that it's actually cleaner than stock. So it's like, it's super exciting. It's like, yeah, listen, we can have a clean kit yeah. and we can be, make a lot of power and we can have fun. And, and it's not the negative uh, cloud that a lot of people think about it. Um, you just have to do your diligence. You have to do your engineering and uh, just, you know, respect everything that's been going on and all the work that's been put in before. And uh, that's kind of what we've done. You know, I, that's actually a good point is I, I never questioned the, the clean air issue of it. I was like, you, you guys and so many other companies now are developing products and they're so well engineered, they're packaged so well. And what we can do with tuning, that wasn't really the issue. It's, it's just, it's, it's all the politics behind it of the process of getting the vehicle tested at someplace like SEMA garage and submitting the paperwork and getting approvals on stuff. And the, the EPA keeps seeming to, to fight us along the way, just every step along the way, they just keep trying to be more and more uh, difficult. Even when you make the case and go, Hey, we're meeting all of the standards. Like we can put a turbo kit 
on a car and be just as clean as it was when it was stock. And in some cases, as you said, even cleaner, some parts of the RPM, maybe, you know, when you're, you know, it's actually cleaner because you, like you said, the engine is more efficient and it just seems like it gets, I don't know why the process has to be as difficult as it is. And I guess that's the, the, the politics side of it. I, I don't yeah, know why it's, it's getting fought I so think hard. it's, I think it's, it's leading from all of the work that the OEs put in to pass these certs in the beginning, you know, when they built, when the, when the platform was engineered and designed and the goals and the fuel efficiency, all the time and testing that they had to do needs to be respected and understood that when we go in as an aftermarket and change those things, there needs to be this process of seeing it. And I mean, it's, it's like anything, right? It, does it have to be simple? Does it have to be not simple? I can tell you that it's simply um, following the yellow brick road and making sure that you do everything from the beginning. I mean, you know, I mean, if we were building a, you know, a 55 uh, Chevy and we had a coyote with turbo sticking out of the hood mm -hmm. and, you know, flames coming out this way and doing all that. I mean, we could build that in a weekend and it'd be the greatest thing in the whole world. Um, we're in a different platform with a, di you know, different constraints. So let's work to it. And what we've tried to do is, 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 is try to enjoy the challenge um, and just be happy. We're able yeah. to do what we can do. But I mean, we've made, you know, through the cats, I mean, there's cars, maybe seven, eight, 900 horse. The other thing with turbocharging with catalytic converters as an advantage over other non-turbocharged combinations, the, the blazing heat that comes out of the engine on a, on a, you know, a high horsepower pull, the turbo will absorb that heat and use it for energy yeah. before sending it to the cat so it doesn't destroy the cats. We're seeing this amazing cat life, like stock cat life, because of that. And so we can get both. And so that it's, it's been, it's been real, it's been a, it's been a pleasure yeah. uh, doing that. And so I think, I think that's the thing is people don't, I don't want to have a, have a negative view on it, but just understand uh, that the work has been done and the testing has been done to show that we can go in the right direction. And it's, it's not a Debbie Downer deal, right? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm impressed with what you've done. I knew and I have, have sent many texts and had many conversations about the whole process in the, in the kit, as we were putting the, the Mustang Mach 1 together. So uh, we can get into that a little bit as well. So the uh, the Mach 1, we put a twin turbo kit on it, one of the earlier kits. And I think you were still making it as we were sending parts over to, to Galvin Auto Sports. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, we got the the kit required a new K member from, from mm -hmm. Steeda. We got the Steeda K member in and they modify it specifically for you guys. I don't know what they do specifically. Maybe they just mount some tabs, some mounting tabs on there uh i i don't know if they move anything else around but the k member is required to fit the turbo kit in there and it looks fantastic um and it it's great because you get the you get the added benefits of of the steed the k member and it's a little bit lighter weight and a little bit more room and easier to work on and maybe kind of balances out the idea of adding a little bit of weight from the turbos by reducing sure. some of the weight and 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 uh and the K member and the way this kit is done is it's one of the sleeper kits. It's a missions tested kit. So the turbos are mounted right off of the exhaust manifold before the cats. And again, if you're going to add some weight to the car, mount it 
back, mount it back toward the firewall and mount it as low as you can. So uh, uh, that seems to be the case. What else did we do to the car? Because I wasn't able to go over there every time during the installation for it. Did we, for example, the fuel system, did we, did we put injectors in the car? Did we change the pumps? Did we do some sort of boost to pump? Like what, what else did we do to the car? Yeah, I'll tell you what, this is a testament to the efficiency of this system. So the, the complete emissions kit, we can maximize power on pump gas with no injector changes. The factory dual injector setup on the Mustang has enough fuel to fuel the rear wheel horsepower we're seeing, 650 plus on pump gas, with no additional modifications. And with that comes the clean start, all of the other details, um, and things that we went through the testing. So you get this, you know. Perfectly. I mean, it's basically, as you, as you can uh, attest, if you're sitting in the parking lot waiting to get a coffee, it's no different than a brand new car you just that you just bought. Right. All of the components are designed that way. It's just when you put your foot in it, you know, it turns into a monster. Um, and uh, the weight, the weight difference with taking the K member, the, the actual um, K member swap is not a difficult uh, job. And it actually makes putting the turbo kit on easier. We have dealers that actually drop the K-member anyways when they put a turbo system on. Uh, so it's really not any extra work than a lot of guys mm -hmm. would go through. And then it's a, and it's usually a modification that a lot of guys do. We actually used to send a K-member in a 96-04 Mustang GT kit we do, uh, or still we still send. Um, and so the idea of doing that is not uh, unfamiliar, but it allows us to put these these big turbos, they're fa fairly large for the power capability, uh, in the right place uh, for the right design and then uh, for a nice clean uh, finish, as you've seen. Yeah. So we didn't really have to do the fuel system. There's enough there. We're just doing it with the tune and the tune allows us to, to maximize the fuel system that's pretty much already in the car. And the packaging Correct. of the turbos is great. Um, the intercooler uh, seems big, seems super efficient. Um, I... I haven't been driving the car much, mostly because we're still showing the car and we're trying to keep it as nice as possible. So it's just gone like back and forth to Anderson Composites, who's brought it out to a few events and the car audio guy. But I've been able to, you know, put, you know, 100, 150 miles on the car and driving from out here, like Venice Beach area where the air is cool and then driving, you know, 30, 40 miles inland, uh, we get a pretty significant temperature change. And what I'm able to do with this car with just the factory gauges on the car is I can look at the gauges and look at the cylinder head temp and the inlet temp and, and all that stuff. All just like you can on any of the new Mustangs. And although we're, I'm not really like dogging on the car, mostly just driving it around and getting it on the freeway or, or you know, around town. But even as the temperature increases, as I go inland, I'm only seeing four, five, six degrees difference between outside ambient temp and inlet temp. Uh, so it, it, being able to monitor the efficiency of the intercooler in a way those the turbo system is working is cool to see. And <clears throat> I don't know, I'm excited to kind of like throw it around the track, do a few laps up at Willow Springs and see see what happens to it. But it, it seems to be very, very efficient. 
all yeah all of that <clears throat> you know those all those details are so important like you mentioned the temperature differences you know the new cars have that on the dash yeah so like you it's not it's not a, we don't have to guess if it's doing this or doing that you know it's right there in front of you and so in our testing it makes it really easy to see okay we're you know here we are with this or with that um a system like this as many as we've done and as successful as it's been uh that's you know that's what you're seeing and i think when you take it out you're going to be uh really really surprised on you know how much it gains and to give you an idea i mean you know five six pounds of boost on these things is like it wakes it up five or six pounds turbo boost yeah. is equivalent to like 10 with a supercharger the equivalent power you know i mean we're talking so some guys are like oh it's a, you know it's making five or six and i'm like it may it's barely even it's not even waking up i mean it's just started yeah. and it's making that type of power um i mean we have builds over 30 pounds uh my wife's car she has a 2015 mustang gt and seven years ago we went 874 at 171 Wow. In a 4,200 pound streetcar um, with a factory 6R80 transmission, like with these same components. I mean, it is like the sky's the limit. Like now, yeah, especially yeah. with the, the new engine, I mean, uh, we'll get calls and like, hey, you know, you think I can run nines? And I said, not only can you run nines, you can run eights, and you probably should be getting close to the sevens by now, <laughs> <laughs> depending right, yeah. on uh, the suspension. So um, How it's much great. How much boost am I running in my car? Uh, right now we have that thing set on six pounds. I mean, it's just six barely, pounds. barely, yeah. barely even uh, waking up. We can adjust it. Uh, it's approved, you know, emissions wise. It tested over 12 pounds. Um, yeah. So I, I mentioned that on, <laughs> on the, on the podcast before. I was like, listen, I think we're, we're just running like six or seven pounds. Like you said, about six, that was my guess. And I said, and it was, you know, emissions tested and approved up to, you know, that 11, 12 pound range. So there's plenty of room there. Not that we need to go to it because when I get on the car, it, it's got crazy power and you know, the turbos, they sound awesome. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, how do you adjust the boost on that car? Cause it's not like set up like the TRX. There's no boost controller or anything. Is it just all done in the tune? Uh, it's done in, there's a couple of different ways. You can add a boost controller to change it mm -hmm. or there's springs and there's a, a mechanism you can change um, on the wastegate itself. So it's more of a mechanical limit uh, or you uh, can do an electronic controller and have, you know, do a change it on the fly. Right. Um, and it all comes down to personal preference of, you know, kind of where everybody wants to set it. And that's, you know, I, I, we said earlier in the, in the chat, I mean, you don't have to have everything, but if you ever decide to go there, you you have all the hardware. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to change turbos. You don't have to change intercoolers, you know, pulleys, belts, yeah, uh, throttle bodies, none of that stuff. It's all it's already sitting there. Uh, it just comes down to what you're looking for. And I'm not necessarily looking for more power. I'm still getting used to the power that it that it has. Uh, and I'm, I am starting to to kind of think about you know, getting the car out there and being able to, to, to drive the car a little bit more and have a little bit more fun with it. Like we, like we said, we, we did a few things to the car um, when we brought it to SEMA uh, in addition to the twin turbo kit and the audio system we were talking about the guys from Steeda, they sent the K member over and then we, we did like their stop the hop package in the back uh, to, to beef it up there and did their, um, they're lowering springs, got the stance right on it a little bit. 
I've actually swapped out the Pilot Cup uh, Sport, which is a very aggressive tire and, and an aggressive uh, alignment on that car. I went with the um, the Michelin, the 4S, and it's it's a little bit more comfortable. Uh, as part of the issue is some of the guys out here that are working on the car had to drive the car from place to place. Now, Richard Waitis from Magnaflow had to take the car from his place to Anderson Composites, and it started to rain. And it, with those tires and the amount of power it has, he's like, "This thing's gonna fly off the road." I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> with the with the Pilot Cup Sport twos. He's like, "This is too dangerous to drive," and I agreed with him. And and so we just we just took it, the car off and parked it for a little bit until it settled up. And that was that's kind of why I ended up changing the the tires off of it. And then we put the HRE wheels on it. Um, I'm eager to get it over to the dyno. Our friend Ray McClellan, who has full throttle customs out here, I talked to him about it a few times. And, uh, you know, the shop is busy, but um, he said, you know, when when we have a moment, uh, he'll clear out a little bit of time just to get some dyno numbers on it because we haven't really got a chance to do that with this car. Uh, I'm, I'm sure on some of the other Mach 1s you've already outfitted since then, you you've done it. Uh, but here, you know, this initial kit, the six pounds boost, our shitty 91 octane gas out here in California. I just kind of want to see where where we are with it. Um, I don't know. Like, what, what's what's your best guess on it right now? I mean, they typically dyno between six and 650 at that boost level. And a key thing to remember about this, the power, <clears throat> it's not just like, what does it make? Right. If you look at a positive displacement supercharger graph. Mm-hmm. And you, someone will say, well, I'm making 600 or 800, let's say. If you look at the graph, it's usually it's a 45 degree line. It's a, it has a trajectory. And at the top, the, for the very end of the pole, it makes peak boost and it'll make that power 600 or 800 only for that split second of the pole. Right. With the turbo, when I say it's making 600, 650, it's going to make 600, 650 at like 4,500. And carry it flat all the way to redline. The window of power, is the 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 area under the curve is so much larger that you get that it's just fat. It'll be faster with the same power. Yeah. Um, because let's say you're shifting a car. Let's say it's a stick shift car. You shift it at eight thousand. If it's supercharged, you shift it at eight thousand. It's making six seven hundred horse. You shift, it drops back down to five thousand. What's it making at five thousand? It's not making 700. It makes lower. Yeah. So then it has to, ah, and it comes back up with a turbo. That thing will be, you'll shift it and it'll fall in the same power. Right. It'll fall back to, you know, that power again. And it's, uh, that's what they call the torque or et cetera. But that's just, you know, what, how we're able to, uh, you know, gain from doing something like this. It's, uh, I, I think the guys over at, um, at Magnaflow, they've, They've set up a, a track day. It's mostly um, a bunch of the cars that they've worked on and developed kits for, so we can bring them out to the track and do some beauty shops, some rolling shots with the with with the various cars. Uh, but uh, I'm going to head out there with those guys. Hopefully, it's going to be coming up. I think it might be in August though that we're going to do it. So we got a few more okay. show events, and then in August we're going to get it out there. You know, when you're doing the rolling shots on the track and you get the, all the photos and the videos, you're still only going 40, 50 miles an hour. Um, but there will be an opportunity to take the camera cars off the track and and 
and do a few hot laps with that car. Now, again, I didn't set this thing up to be, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, a, a road racing car. Like we, you know, it's got, it's got the suspension and it's got, you know, it's got the, the, the performance pack from, from, you know, the Mach one performance pack from Ford, you know, but I, you know, we added, we added some audio gear and we had some things like that, not a ton of weight or anything because uh, all of, you know, most of the speakers are, are, replaced in the in the stock location in the back you you know you take out the sub box you build a new one so it adds a little bit of weight you add a couple amplifiers in the back adds a little bit of weight but it adds it in in the back right over the rear tires where i kind of want it anyway so um not not a huge issue but it'll be interesting to see uh how it does out there Uh, like you're saying mostly because when you're you know you're getting on the brakes into a turn and you're downshifting of course because it's a manual transmission as well which makes it fun and and bring on that power I was at Speed Vegas, the the track in Vegas, and got to run a bunch of the cars there. Uh, Adam Kroll was out there with me, and I was like, hey, try the GT500. You don't get into a lot of American muscle cars. And they had their GT500 that was tuned by Shelby American, which was next door. And interesting, because they were kind of talking about what you're talking about. It's like they, they weren't going for you know, making a 760 horsepower engine, a thousand horsepower. They ended up at around 800 horsepower, but they were trying to dial in that power curve and the shift points with the DCT transmission. And the car ended up being significantly faster than stock around the track with just calibrating what was already kind of offered to them. Um, And that's such a big component of, of these cars. So, uh, but I was on the track in Vegas with the GT 500 during their launch event. And as much fun as it is seeing that so many cars are going to, you know, a paddle shift or an automatic. The reason why I got the Mach one was I wanted to still get it with a manual transmission. And I don't know how much longer we're going to have the manual transmission V eight power. The new Mustang looks cool, dark horse and everything manual. You can get it. Um, But you know, there could be some issues with tuning that car as they're saying it's going to be more difficult. You know, everything's so integrated in that car. Uh, the Mach 1 platform seemed a, a really cool platform to do this. You know, um, I got the special edition car being the Mach 1. We put the twin turbos on it, got a manual transmission. The manual transmission is the Tremec, not the earlier weak get track transmission. So I've got the GT you know, 350 transmission in it. So the recipe seemed kind of there to do it, uh, to make it kind of fun. So I'm eager to get it out on the track and see how it does. Um, Yeah, it should be. I'm telling you, it's, it's, I mean, we've, we've, I've been doing this a long time and we're, you know, we've, we keep seeing people push the envelope and doing different things out of the box. And we're just, it's we were being more and more pleased because it's always in the right direction. Everything, you know, the power, the speed you had mentioned the GT 500. Um, we have a turbo system for that platform. Yeah. And what you do is you take the blower off in that, in that system different. So different than the TRX in that system, it's easy enough. We take off the supercharger, replace it with either, uh, there's billet intakes, or a factory GT350 or 2018 Mustang intake. Right. Um, and with uh, their guys on E85 with stock engines making well over 1,200 to the tire. 
yeah it's a hell I mean, of a car it's a hell of a platform it's crazy and, and, <laughs> and your system looks killer as well when you do like the billet intake and stuff which i know is a little pricey but it looks badass under the hood um you guys are making your own turbos now we are we are we um the the biggest challenge we have we had talked about how fitting everything in the in these cars you know and or trucks yeah. has been difficult so when you've maxed out a certain physical space that you're in um a normal turbocharger you know an increase would say okay let's put a bigger turbo well the problem is it's a bigger turbo physically and we can't get it in the space where we need to which is dictates uh, you know what we can do and so we had to go back to the drawing board so i wanted to build our own turbocharger basically taking the frame that we are using and refining the inside the spacing the tolerances etc cetera, etc cetera. um so it's a brand new turbocharger from scratch design and over the years of racing and all the racing organizations mm -hmm. uh, they call that like a rule so let's say if uh you're racing x275 they'll say the largest turbo you can have is an 88 millimeter turbo so once you know and, it, and it's called out how it's measured and there's certain rules with the other part of it but what does it make you do it makes you engineer a better 88 millimeter turbo so for 20 mm. years this is what we've been doing we were one of the first to have uh, a large what we called a uh alan dudley one of my good friends who when i first started racing they called it the big bertha turbo this you know 100 pound turbocharger that we used to run on the cars um you know back in, in 1999 um you can imagine 20 years worth of r d well, we've now learned the what I'll, I'll call the tricks or the you know with those you know all the little engineering things and the time consuming things and i wanted these units to have everything possible mm -hmm. every single trick there's no rules we're talking about um you know there, there are no rules in what we're doing so why not have just the most powerful unit um i actually i brought so for example something that we did uh in the compressor wheel so here's one of our compressor wheels that you can see um cnc machined and the the to make more power with a certain size which is what we have here the blade structure the machining time the strength all of that is taken into consideration because i mean this wheel's spinning at over 2000 rpm a second and with that type of speed you don't you know everything has to be balanced and if you want to make more power the blades can get thinner but the tolerances have to be perfect and with that comes a longer machining time to make that wheel yeah. so we committed at any cost however long it takes the most the, the most aerodynamic wheel for that size in all of our units all of our turbos so we were able to keep the same physical sizes but make more power which is as we talked before that's the only that's the only way to go is up uh, and that's something that we that we had to do to get where we needed to be, and uh, you know now it's available to everybody. So we're you get a, a quicker spool time, more power, even even more than what we talked about before compared to even two years ago. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's it seems interesting that we're able to to continue to innovate and make the turbos and stuff more more efficient. And I know working with some great partners um, is what makes that happen. Um, the, the last thing I want to touch on just before we wrap up, because this has been uh, a, a topic for a while, was we had such a tough time getting the tune into 
my Mustang and uh, I was coming back every week on the podcast going, there's a tuning issue. There's a tuning issue. And I was trying to explain there wasn't anything wrong with the tune. It was something wrong with getting the computer and the car to accept the tune. Something was flagging it or putting it in some sort of fail safe mode. And like a lot of programming, it's just, it just, what, it just came down to like one line of code. One line of code. I mean, it was the only time we'd ever seen that. Yeah. Um, and all the different methods and things that we tried. And I, I, it's important to emphasize, and I'm sure you told everyone, um, the Mustang <clears throat> is the most reliable tuning platform vehicle there is. Like it's, it is because of it, the, the volume of the car, the amount that we do plus everyone else. Um, Cause it didn't matter if you were if for your car, if you're putting an, an air cleaner on it, like, or, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, it would have had the same problem and it was something in the code with the Mach 1 only. And it was not with any other Mach 1. It was just the one you had. And we see that from time to time. The special model vehicles can have these things that don't stick out like a sore, thr- a sore thumb and can cause it an issue. And we were um, t- taking our time to, to read through it and not just like, you know, completely, you know, with anything, we can always figure it out. Um, once that was solved, now anytime that ever comes up, uh, with a code like what you have on yours, uh, we'll have it as long as, as well as the other manufacturers, because the guys that tune uh, for us, tune for superchargers, nitrous, mm-hmm. they tune for everybody and they would have the same issue. So uh, all of that work on your car actually solved uh, a, lo- a problem for hundreds and you know hundreds of people, thousands. Yeah. I, I'm just glad we got it figured out and, and didn't, um, I mean, there was other options. Like we said, we could swap the computer. We can do custom code. We can do whatever. But it it it, it just made sense to just keep at it to figure out what it was that was happening. And we actually heard this from some other people, the guys at Whipple that do superchargers. Are like, we've done a bunch of Mach 1 superchargers. And like every once, like one out of every 10 or 15 cars or something, it doesn't accept the tune. And now we know why. There's... There's there was something in that line of code that probably was pretty common among tuners, you know, like Whipple or whoever. And we can kind of figure that out now. Uh, when the guys got it in, the car fired right up, just like you're saying. It, it idled normally, purred like a kitten. And uh, I said, listen, you know, put, you know, take the car around, you know, get it up on the freeway and and check the temps and make sure nothing's leaking and, and, and everything is, is good and see how it runs. And they said, yeah, you know, it's, it's perfect. It seems to nail that. That's how amazing that engine and ECU combination is. I mean, the, the one file that we've worked, we have, you know, years worth of work in sent to you remotely was able to be uploaded and driven and move on. And that's how that's good it. We've gotten it, and it's uh, it's the same way with the um, the Hemi platform now. Um, do you remember in the early the early teens, like there was tuning for the Hemis was difficult, yeah, and there was a I, real problem. Yeah, um, we actually we didn't pause doing what we were doing, but we didn't pursue it because they were having uh, electrical hardware problems. They're trying to get it to flash software problems. Yeah, um, once that was solved, then we went head first into all of the Hemi vehicles. Uh, we're actually also in a week. Uh, I've did we're f- releasing the Jeep twin turbo kit oh, for wow. the Grand Cherokee. Um, so the 2012 to current Jeep Cherokee 
SRT8 and Trackhawk. So the yeah. same mechanism we just talked about with all the blower stuff, same with the Jeep. So um, it's that's how committed we are to that platform. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, that's coming too, and uh, you know you'll you'll definitely be seeing a lot more about that because no, uh, the Jeep platform has not had a kit like this available, um, a bolt-on situation that can make. I mean, I mean we've got turbos that if you had a race car situation, you can make two thousand horse. Yeah. Um, right. Or, you know, or 600, like whatever you want, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a real, lot of exciting stuff happening this year. I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what you guys think when you get your hands on the new Mustang. Now, as far as the engine and the fitment and everything, that's probably not the issue. You're right. It's just the tuning. It's just going to be who's going to be able to tune and what are the issues with tuning the new Mustang platform. Aside from that, I don't, I think you're, your turbo kits that you have now for are going to be pretty close to to fitting on that new Mustang anyway, because there's not a lot of changes under the, under the hood. Yeah. And we, and we hope so, you know, the less changes, the quicker we can get to, uh, um, you know, getting a tune of some sort, you know, we, we know that, the, that everybody will be working on it, uh, for such a popular vehicle. And then, uh, we can actually get it, uh, you know, get it going. We can actually, we can put a turbo kit on the new Mustang with no tune mm-hmm. and just have the wastegate open and you can drive it around. It won't make any boost. And the minute there's tuning, you'll be ready to go. So our job, as far as hardware, uh, we will start right away and uh, do, you know, do what we do best. Yeah. Cause that makes sense. If you need to make any like small adjustments on fitting an inner cooler or something like that, you can, you can do that. And like you said, get, get the package fit on there and ready to go with, you know, with, with no boost. And then when the tune's ready, then fire it up. Good to go. Let it rip. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. We're going to wrap things up, John. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, this has been great. Um, you guys can uh, definitely find out more. Go to hellionturbo.com. You can see the packages that he got up there. And I, I know you're adding new stuff to the website. I just saw the TRX stuff up there. I'm sure the Jeep stuff's going to make it up there at some point, uh, but don't feel, uh, uh, hesitant on reaching out send these guys a message on uh, on social media or or through their website and and uh, or just give them a call see what's see what's going on over there i'm excited uh about what uh, you guys are doing next and i'm sure we're going to be chatting again soon uh the mustang mach one for you guys down in southern california we're going to be going to the hre wheels open house in june so we'll be out there probably with the guys uh, the anderson with anderson composites who come check out the car and and uh We'll, we'll try to show you underneath, see the turbos that are going on in there and all the cool carbon fiber and all the fun stuff on that car. So, uh, and I'm driving it down there, so I'm going to drive it down and I'm going to drive it home. That's the part I'm excited about. <laughs> you know, exactly. Spending a, spending a couple hours behind the wheel of that car and see uh, seeing how well it does. But, uh, John, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, guys, uh, keep the air and the spare in the bag of the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.